Hi, and welcome back to the B2B Marketing Guidebook Podcast. My name is, as usual, Uwe Seebacher, and I am more than happy to be your host. Today, we are talking with an expert and a thought leader from the University of Applied Science in Munich, Matthias Schlipf. And um, I invited him to join me because of the uh, big picture in regard to the environment of B2B and the industry. And we are talking about a current project of the uh, University of Applied Science in Munich in the area of equipment as a service. Matthias, welcome and how are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Uwe. Thanks for the invitation. Everything's good. Perfect, Matthias. Before we dive into the topic, equipment as a service and your current or our current project, please provide our listeners with a brief overview of your person, your background, where you're coming from. I'm 41 years old. I'm married to the best woman in the world, being a father of four boys and one girl. Uh, that's to my private side. I originally come from rather the engineering background. I studied industrial engineering in Karlsruhe, in Grenoble, and in Waterloo in Canada, and did my PhD actually in quality assurance for micro-mechanical parts together as well with the, with the MIT and uh, the KIT in Karlsruhe. And uh, coming from that, I joined uh, MAN, MAN Diesel and Turbo. Nowadays, it's called Energy Solutions. So uh, a developer and manufacturer of large diesel engines, steam turbines, compressors. So the good old industry, I would, I would call it like this. And uh, there I started as the assistant of our board member for sales and service. And there I got more or less the, the first contact to the importance of sales of uh, service. And uh, later on, I was uh, heading a project uh, regarding the development of a new product line. Uh, the, then I managed the ramp up. And in the end, I was responsible for the global sales of uh, our marine high-speed business. And from this, I always kept touch with academia. And so I joined uh, three years ago the Munich University of Applied Science. And uh, I'm happy now to deal all about B2B marketing, sales, technology management in the industrial goods segment. And your current role is you are the head of the department or what is your role there at the university? Well, I'm a, I'm a professor teaching several courses on a bachelor's and a master's level on B2B marketing and sales and doing research. And this research is rather about life cycle costing, technical sales, product configurators, I do like, but also uh, things like B2B influencing and inbound marketing. So everything what makes uh, our business life and all your listeners so, so interesting. dropped in the buzzword influencer marketing. I think this is how we, the two of us got in contact because I was uh, supporting and coaching a, a, a thesis from one of your students. And this is how Matisse and I got in contact. And uh, as this, these disruptive business models are, are more and more moving us and then driving us, then Matisse and I got into a joint project in the area of equipment as a service. Matthias, 
briefly give me an overview about that project, what we're doing there, so that the, the community gets an idea of what we are having, mm -hmm. what are the plans and the objectives. I mean, the core is not selling anymore just the equipment, meaning uh, just the, the production system, the tooling machine or the tool, but uh, selling rather the life cycle. So sell the service, meaning the maintenance, the spare parts, the repairs, the technical service, even the availability of your investment good. And this has a, a certain advantages both for users and for providers. Uh, and in certain area, you already find examples and a lot of companies talking for years about it. And uh, both you and me, we had the impression now, now it's time to get, uh, to get that more in realization and find out what are the advantages, what are the, the pains and gains of the different companies when we talk about equipment as a service, as a business model. Mm -hmm. Equipment as a service has many names, software as a service, product as a service, paper use. Matthias, uh, we are now as part of this project running a survey uh, with the aim to create awareness, sensitivity, to do the knowledge transfer into the industry. What would be the opportunity for listeners, for companies, for marketeers in regard to the project to complete the survey? Well, what would be the added value so that uh, it's a win-win for all of them, for us, for the project, is a, the core message of getting the sample and also for our listeners? Thank you, Uwe, for, for mentioning this. Um, uh, of course, we aim of uh, getting a, at least a three-digit number of uh, companies and employees uh, taking part in this survey. And when we talk about the survey, this is meant uh, on, a, on a global basis. So this is not only focused on the DACH region, uh, but really European or global-wide. And what could we give? On the one hand, I think thoughts uh, by reading the questions thoughts about uh, digitization, about sustainability, and what equipment as a service uh, means for those terms, for those really important future terms. And last but not least, we want to hand over the study in the end to all the participants that are interested into it. You, you mentioned that uh, we talk about the definition equipment as a service, we talk about preconditions, we talk about pains, gains, barriers, and uh, what uh, could make your customer feel better when ordering uh, from you equipment as a service. Thank you for, for this description. I think this is at the core because um, after this first qualitative part, we really got some interesting uh, messages and information out of the status of the industry. Now, as we're coming from the uh, B2B marketing guidebook, Matthias, what is it what in the area of industrial marketing, in addition to all the different concepts we were featuring and describing in that guidebook, what is the impact of such a disruptive business model, not owning anything anymore, but just renting it or have it pay-per-use? What are your assumptions or your thoughts in that area? How does this impact the work of marketeers and their profile? First of all, I would say really crap it. Up to now, it, it feels some companies do it, some companies do it with a 
a rather narrow range of their product lines, but see the opportunity. I mean, if you're working for a B2B company or a B2B company itself should be not interested in owning anything. I mean, we're always talking about rational uh, decision uh, when you when you buy equipment. So it's all about the value add, what a company should be interested in. So there is no interest in, in owning those things. And if we look at uh, examples like Uber, like Facebook, etc., all companies that are not owning the stuff which they actually sell. And in my eyes, it, it will come. And uh, the companies dealing now with, uh, with it will do very good in the future. And we shouldn't underestimate it. I mean, there are three few preconditions, uh, like the digitization. Uh, how good are you, is your condition-based maintenance? How good is your predictive analysis? Uh, how many uh, empirical data do you have about your machines and your equipment, et cetera, et cetera. I did a, a huge study, a bigger study about the, the life cycle costing of maintenance contracts. And it was surprising what knowledge was missing. So uh, it's more or less uh, get the ball rolling and, uh, uh, and let it start. And I think uh, there it could contribute to uh, the marketing guidance. In the context of modern B2B marketing tools, concepts, methods, what can our dear B2B marketing colleagues do within their own organization to enable and facilitate that paradigmatic shift? Because the top management obviously is not yet in the position to really understand the huge opportunity and the urgency to change. What would you advise them? Mention it, talk about it, say it, say what you said, and so on. <laughs> you know exactly like this. And maybe uh, take the study, take the outcome of our common study in order uh, to, uh, to tell the message to our, not only management, but also to our engineers, to our service department. Because uh, I think then you could get open doors. Uh, what, what is the key challenge in my eyes, for a lot of companies in the industrial goods segment, it's saving the after sales. I mean, we all know that uh, what those companies earn in spare parts, technical service repair is uh, much higher beyond what we can get by new sales. But uh, this, a lot of other companies, smaller companies, pirates smell this and uh, they fight for this aftermarket. So, if you can offer a product as a service, so your service is already included, this cannot be so easily copied by the pirates. So I guess, uh, and, and then you get the intent. And the second thing is you, 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 you must face with a few competences about the digitization of, of your company, like condition-based maintenance, predictive maintenance, uh, remote monitoring, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that is good that you face it and that your departments are facing it because otherwise the light could go rather dark within the next five to 10 years. In this 
context, talking about four P's, four P's and the seven P's, do we face the renaissance of the service marketing when talking about equipment as a service, paper use? On the one hand, yes, Uwe. As a service is a key and is the key. On the other hand, I would call it, uh, shouldn't we talk today about everything as a service? Mm-hmm. So isn't it more or less the core? Just yesterday, I read an interesting article about, uh, about Tesla and uh, why, it is, why it has such a high assessment. And of course, it is uh, on the one hand due to the fact that Tesla is a front runner in the electric drive and the automotive segment. But on the other hand, it is really due to the business model of software as a service. As you imagine, you accompany your customer throughout the life cycle. And uh, Tesla customers has a bigger chain or relationship to the company itself. So uh, the, the magnitude of software as a service or everything as a service, that makes the difference between the other car manufacturers. I recently read an article about uh, stating that the next platform is the human body. <laughs> what do you think about this? Interesting one. Interesting one. I mean, uh, it's all about getting more efficient uh, in, in, in many ways. And of course, uh, it, it could, bridge, could bridge it. I mean, uh, the next step, uh, I think in my eyes, it's really the, uh, uh, the cloth itself, which probably in the first hand will, will get more digitized. But then it gets closer and closer, of course, to your body. Mm-hmm. Personally, uh, I feel a bit scared about yes. the idea itself, but uh, uh, let's see. Where do you see the future for equipment as a service in five, ten years? And what, where do you see the role of the Alibabas and the Amazons in the world in that area of equipment as a service in the Netflix industry? I think in the B2B segment, this is, this is the uh, really interesting race going on. Will we see in B2B the same as we have seen in B2C, that a few platforms, maybe region-wise, dominate? Or uh, can this be uh, set by the B segment as well? Of course, the knowledge, the database of Amazon or Alibaba is incredible. And of course, this they will play. On the other hand, I think there is a lot of really industry internal or application internal know-how, which could favor, in this sense, smaller platforms within the different industry or segments. Uh, I think rather the later one will, uh, will be there in five to 10 years, but definitely it, it will be platforms, it will be configurators, it will be uh, equipment as a service and not uh, the sales of a pure equipment itself via uh, personal sales. Having heard what you said, isn't there a problem with the data, which we also cover in our study about data security and the reluctance of, of uh, equipment manufacturers and or the users of machines to open up their processes and their fabrics to externals by uh, having this ongoing 24-7 linkage and uh, opening up their entire data structure? Right. This was what we discovered when interviewing our different experts, that there is still uh, rather a huge reluctance 
of data sharing, of sharing uh, how my machine behaves uh, about the operation itself, which actually really astonished me uh, because on the one hand, it makes it more efficient. I mean, we talk now uh, in, in a podcast, or we make a Zoom meeting. Why should you not service or at least monitor your machine on a remote basis? And of course, you need their data exchange. I think this will be cleared uh, just by a few reference examples that uh, people, that managers see it works and it works fine and it works more efficiently. And then also this reluctance of uh, data sharing uh, will diminish. And on the other hand, uh, if uh, if we really face it in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a proper way, is the cloud by a huge IT equipment supplier less safe uh, than, than your normal IT firewall in your small or medium-sized uh, company? Question mark. Mm -hmm. Matthias, thank you so much for joining me for our little coffee talk. Uh, at the end, what would be the one or two tips, recommendations you, or advices you would like to share with our marketing colleagues, what they should do in order to uh, create the awareness or get this uh, change process going within the organization towards equipment as a service? Use different argumentation streams depending on which department you uh, you talk to take it out of this uber business model is not made for us uh, because safeguarding the service and the aftermarket business is essential to all industrial or all b2b companies and i think by this argument uh, both engineering service sales as well as your management will listen to you Thank you so much, Matthias. Today, Matthias Schlipp from the University of Applied Science in Munich joining me for our little coffee dog of the B2B Marketing Guidebook on the disruptive business model equipment as a service. Thanks for listening. This was Uwe Seebacher. Thanks for joining. Stay negative and think positive. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. <laughs>